that phantoms should haunt Macrag after all the horrors that had been recently visited upon the planet and the five hundred worlds it held in fealty came as no surprise to anyone. The population of Ultramar's five hundred world dominion had suffered the atrocity of Kalth, the gross treachery of Lorgar, the widespread bloodshed that followed in consequence, and the pan-galactic devastation of the so-named Ruin Storm. Every single one of those billions of souls was in a state of existential shock. The monumental events had left psychological scars, ghost wounds that lingered in the minds of men. Combat traumas, griefs and private losses, physical injuries, bitternesses, grudges, stress disorders, warp-fueled nightmares, and other less classifiable after-effects. Kalth, the ignition point, barely more than two years past, had haunted the citizens of Ultramar with such phantoms ever since. No, when the latest apparitions came, the only surprise was that they should be so very real. Over ten successive nights, phantoms stalked the high towers and wall-walks of Macrag City, under the shadow of the fortress, beneath a night sky that had been a permanent, starless russet, like blood-soaked black cloth since the coming of the ruin-storm two years before. No stars shone, none that looked healthy or matched any charts at least. Even the brightest of the capital world's four moons was seldom visible through the inky cosmological swirl of the enduring warp-storm. The corpse of the word-bearer's immense warship, the furious abyss, could sometimes be seen in the western skies as the orbital breakers went about their work, but this was merely a sad relic of past bloodshed. During the day, when sunlight fell upon Macrag, it fell only as a tarnished golden haze, as if through battlefield smoke. It fell upon a haunted city, Macrag City, Magna Macrag Civitas, the greatest city in the Imperial East, a city so mighty that it shared the name of the world it stood on, for the city was the world, and the world was the city. Filling the vast lowland plains, from the hearer's crown peaks in the north to the sea in the south, it was a testament to the power of imperial mankind, and to one man in particular. The apparitions appeared only after nightfall. Footsteps were heard in empty corridors where no one walked. Voices mumbled from inside block-cut walls or the roots of staircases. Sometimes the sound of hasty running feet rushed down deserted colonnades. Once an odd and mournful laugh was heard echoing through an Odeon hall. Most often came the aching melody of a bowed string instrument playing in some cavernous place of eternal echoes. These manifestations were heard by household guardsmen on night patrol, by cooks and servants, by attaches hurrying to late conferences, by cleaners and servitors, by senators coming to the residency. They were heard everywhere, from the high castrum of the Paleopolis, where the residency, high senate and precental barracks shared the castellated summit with the monolithic immensity of the fortress of Hera, right down across the deems of the city to the lowliest insulae and worker habs on the southern coast, from the labouring zones of the eastern wards, and even from the squalid slums beyond the Servian wall in the west. 
It is likely they had been occurring for several nights before they were first reported. Junior staffers and servants had become timid and superstitious in this new age of darkness, and were individually reluctant to speak up and tell their superiors what they thought they had heard in some lonely room or deserted wing.'